summoned the Scream Writers Podcast, the premier podcast welcoming both veteran and up-and-coming horror screenwriters slaying their craft. <laughs> and now your hosts. Welcome to season two of the Scream Writers Podcast. I am Patrick Mediate, New York in June on Twitter, and I am joined, not by Ariel Relaford, because Ariel's got a little, she's taking a little break uh, from the first few episodes here. We will have her back, hopefully, I'm crossing my fingers. She's been off doing her thing in far off lands and, you know, writing, and, and she's been super busy, but I am, however, joined by the very brave... Katie Moyer. Katie Moyer, welcome to the show. Tell everybody your Twitter handle, your your life story, your social security number, whatever you want to say to the people out there in podcast land. Welcome. Yeah, it's my mother's maiden name. Yeah, your um, mother's maiden, maiden <laughs> name, you know, with the street you grew up on, all that stuff. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I don't have a Twitter handle. I am not in the Twitterverse. Oh, she's um, not in the Twitterverse. Well, that's, it's better off that way. Then you can't see all of our, like, hate tweets that we get know, to us when I, we talk too much about Aaron Sorkin. You just, you won't see any of that. <laughs> so you're, like, kind of censored from our real reality. But, oh, but do you, are you, do you have any kind of social presence out there? Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, Instagram is oh, my, yeah, like, where I live. I have two. I um, They're both Gypsy Witch. There's Gypsy Witch CC and Gypsy Witch Fitness, um, oh. because I am on top of being in this horror community um, and doing whatever I can to be in it and active in it. I am. Um, I'm also very into fitness. So I have two nice. on Instagram. Yeah. So like you're sort of like you're, you're like a fitness witch. You, you're a fitness <laughs> writing witch because you also write, obviously, or else, you yeah. know. Why but would that's we a have really clunky. A yeah, that's a really clunky Instagram handle. So right. I, I prefer Gypsy Witch. Okay. <laughs> Jack cool. of all trades. That's cool. So uh, tell us a little more about you. Uh, we want to get to know you here. I mean, I know you because obviously I wouldn't have you on as a guest host if I didn't uh, feel like you were the right person for the job. But <laughs> tell the the listeners out there, all of our fine listeners, about who you are and uh, what makes you tick. Yeah, well, I'm a California native, born and raised San Diego. Um, I went to UC Santa Barbara for film and um, emphasis in screenwriting. Fell into that because I've loved writing. I've always written. And it kind of from there got drawn into almost every aspect, like short of sound that you could do in film. Every project I worked on, I somehow got roped into acting in it, editing scripts, writing scripts, really just trying to do everything I could. I did lighting for a while. Nice. This nice. Is all... Did you do craft services? Uh, no, I did not. Um, okay, I mean, so I may have one... gone, may that's have done a other... subway run at some point, you know? Okay, well, that counts. <laughs> that, that, that sort of counts. <laughs> I guess I, no, I, I was a grip at some point too. So you know, you you know how it is. You know how it goes. You're you, you know all the crew roles and all that. Yeah, you just gotta jump into every opportunity. That's kind of how I live. Whenever anybody asks anything, they say yes. That's kind of how I ended up here. Is mm -hmm. you know when you came to me and said, you know, I need someone to guest host. Yes, it's always yes. That's Absolutely. how you find these opportunities. Yeah, always say yes. I learned that from exactly. Jim Carrey in that movie Yes Man, where he's just like <laughs> say yes about everything. It always turned out to be a good thing. So just mm -hmm. just yes, 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 and it will get you everywhere. I think that's an important lesson for writers too. Don't mm -hmm. say no to industry related doors that open for you. Exactly. Yeah. One of my first opportunities was working with a pro small production company out of Philadelphia and I was writing 
first drafts of screenplays, horror screenplays, and all it was pretty much we have the location rights to a location, write a script with five characters because that's what we have that we can make this movie out of. And that they, they would give me that guideline and then I would just create it, send it over to them and they'd pay me. And the relationship was, I wouldn't get any screen credit for it. I'm just giving them like treatment slash drafts. And it was an interesting setup, but I said yes. And it gave me a lot of great experience, even though I wasn't like credited officially. It's something a lot of small studios do sometimes. They just kind of like, we need the initial idea and then we'll do the rest. Yeah, that's the hardest thing to come by in Hollywood is an idea, right? That's why we're Mm -hmm. seeing so many remakes and so many... uh... Friday the 13th part in space part 12 and all of that stuff it's the idea that's the valuable part right I mean the right the writing will bring the idea to life and convey the idea but the idea is the real gold it's the real end of the rainbow stuff yeah and the the great ideas I think can still break through and I think we're seeing that a lot in horror now which is really cool because there's a lot of like original IP that's getting made into, you know, Dune just came out Mm. and uh, they're really trying to build these like built-in audiences, right? They're trying to make these movies, but horror, we're still seeing original ideas. There are remakes, there are reboots, but there are also original ideas out there. And that's why I love this community so much. And I think it's getting a really awesome do lately. And that's why you're guest hosting on the show for this season for as many episodes as we can get you. So yeah, as long uh, as you'll have me. As long as I don't offend anyone. (laughs) I mean, we're bound to talk about Aaron Sorkin a few times, and we've offended him too many times. But again, everybody knows I love Aaron Sorkin. He's coming out with that new, this is a horror, off a horror tangent, but he's coming out with that new Lucy Desi movie that he wrote Mm -hmm. for Amazon, which I I love. I love Lucy. That's like one of my... (laughs) guilty pleasures outside the horror world but i I think his writing's really fun i think it's you know it's a certain type Uh and it is what it is but we'll continue to to bust on him a little bit for his constant showers and uh, so what are you working on are you working on anything now have you finished anything if not what's what's your your last thing that you kind of wrote that you're you're proud of i've been focusing more on short stories lately um Mm. i've just like the idea, I, I like building that idea and building the short story. And sometimes I think, oh, this could be adaptable into a screenplay, but mainly just focusing on prose. Um, I've written two recently. One, I'm still kind of shopping around. It's hard because it's 12,000 words. I didn't intend it to be that long. It's not really a short story anymore. But uh, I did just get um, Dread Imaginings published, a short story of mine called Mrs. Carlyle's Ritual Room. Nice and title. um yeah, thanks. Like Miss Peregrine's peculiar yes. intelligence. It's one of those tongue twister titles. Exactly. But it's a, you know, a lot, bit, a bit more dark and twisty than Miss Peregrine. It's the featured story through the month of October. I mean, it'll still be available to read after that. But if you go to Dread Imaginings, it's that the featured tale on October, which is the best month to be featured. So yes, it is. It's the best month for horror screenplays. It is always the month that I like to finish a new horror screenplay and put mm-hmm. it out into the world. It's just a ritual. I Which you're almost done with one, right? Uh, yes, I am almost done with my next horror screenplay. And in between, actually, season one and season two, I actually wrote it another horror screenplay which is doing very well in the festival circuit it won the creative world awards this past year of best horror screenplay which i'm very very happy about it's called revelatory 
And uh, it's really exciting. It's a really exciting I, screenplay. If you want, I didn't it, know that. Congratulations! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you want to read it, hit hit me up. Uh, you, you know, Katie, obviously, I'll send it to you. But if anybody wants to take a look at it, you can hit me up. But I had a lot of great uh, readers from the Twitter community reach out. I did a little post saying, "Hey, you want to read this really scary stuff?" And there, and I had hundreds of responses to it, <laughs> and lots of people read it, and it's really sweet. The Twitter community, writing community, is really sweet and really nice. But yeah, I, I I have just finished another screenplay that I'm putting out into the world at the end of uh, at the end of the week, meaning uh, in two days from now, by the time you listen to this. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Werewolves. Werewolves. Because there say. aren't enough good werewolf tales. Not enough good ones. Not enough no. good ones. And and that's why I wrote it because um, we had Josh Rubin on last season. With, he talked about Werewolves Within, which was a film I really enjoyed. It was a really fresh take on, on werewolf culture. But I would say that uh, there's not enough good ones. That's why I wrote this one because I was determined to write a werewolf movie that I want to see. And not since American Werewolf in London. I actually liked Paris too, the sequel, but American Werewolf, both of them, have I seen a good werewolf horror movie? So there it is. No, I agree. And I think werewolves are a really difficult one to tackle. Um, yeah. I I have waxed, uh, what is that? Imagination, imaginatory? I've waxed imaginatory, I waxed guess is the right way to say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, it isn't philosophical or existential. So um, yeah. of like what a good new take on a werewolf tale would be and have come up short. So hmm. excited okay. to read yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to put it out there. So no, it's it's really, really fun. Uh, it's, I'm really proud of it. And uh, I co-wrote it with, I can't give myself all the credit because my co-writer, Aaron McLean, he does uh, SFX. He's the SFX supervisor on The Walking Dead. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Ooh, oh, but, no. Uh, what is, what is yeah, that? It's, uh, it's some series <laughs> that came out and it's about zombies huh. or something. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, check it out. But he's uh, he co-wrote it with me and brought, he's he's a werewolf uh, snob. He, he's just obsessed and he knows all about werewolf culture as well. So he, I brought him to the table, and he's just been a gift to this screenplay, and I, I couldn't have done it without him, and we're both excited to put it out into the world together. That is very cool. Yeah. Uh, so digressing and getting into the meat of this season, for those of you who just skipped over the entire first season, what we do here on the Screamwriters podcast is we like to talk to veteran and up-and-coming horror screenwriters that are, quote, unquote, slaying their craft. So um, we like to do an even mix. We have a good mix, I think, this season of incredible veteran horror screenwriters. Like, absolutely incredible. I, I cannot be more excited about who we've got to come on the show this season. Katie, you know, like, the secret uh, the secret uh, guest yeah. sort of list that we've got going on here, and you just, it's your mind is sort of blown. Yeah, there's one in particular that when, uh, when you told me I was, I, I think I shrieked maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there is one, yeah, that there's the one that I was like, oh, Katie, guess who we got coming on? Can you co-host with me? You're like, uh, sure. <laughs> I'm speechless. Yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 going to be a great second season. But that's what we do here on the Screamwriters Podcast. We've got a dedicated fan base right now, and we thank 
all of our listeners who made season one such a success to bring us back for season two. There was so much uh, love for the show and we got so much great response. And even at Hollywood, we reach out to people now and they're like, oh yeah, I know Scream Murders podcast. This is a great show. So it had to come back for season two. And uh, when I heard Ariel uh, got got really busy, I just said, you know what? I, I really just need to strap up get this season underway in in whatever way possible. And Katie, thanks for helping me kick it off. Well, thank you for the opportunity. So far, everything has been amazing. So I'm looking forward to continuing. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. So yeah, enough about us. I definitely think we could have probably devoted a whole episode today to just interviewing you, Katie, which would have been fun in itself. But we do have tons of guests that have been banging down the door trying to get on the show. And Mm -hmm. we wanted to have a guest on the show and actually it's two guests for the price of one so i think it'd be exciting to just introduce them and and get into a nice conversation with them they're doing some really fun stuff on kickstarter right now with their new horror film so on the show today we have nath milburn and luke baker I looked on their website for the bio because these guys do everything. I mean, they truly do so much. We've had jack of all trades on the show, but they do so, so, so much like soup to nuts on their website bio. It's it's from the minds of Nath Milburn, Luke Baker. They have little little Baker films, which specializes in offbeat, high concept genre stories that stir an irreverent tone into a mix of engaging visuals and twisted tales. They certainly do. Nath is an artistic director in Los Angeles with a BFA in motion media and 2D animation. His work includes credits with Nickelodeon, Disney Fox, Adult Swim, you've heard of some of those, and he and his wife have four dogs and a loose grip on reality. Luke is a writer, editor, director in LA. His credits include brands like Netflix, the NFL Network, YouTube, Snapchat, Paramount Plus, nothing to scoff at. Uh, Because Nath owns all the dogs, Luke is left with his Lupine cat, who refuses to get her goddamn nails trimmed. I love that. I had to include that. Um, Both of them are now doing a Kickstarter campaign for their new film, Adam 2. It is uh, just in its tail end. Uh, It's raised quite a bit of money. They're almost halfway there. I think maybe at this point, a little over halfway there. And they need that little push to get there. So we're going to talk a lot about Adam 2 today, Kickstarter campaign. They're going to tell us a, a little bit about Kickstarter, hopefully, uh, because I'm really interested in that whole route to get things financed, to get things made. And that's what we're all about as Scream writers. We're about writing our stuff. We want to see it get made. We want to see it on Amazon. We want to see it on Netflix. We want to see it on the big screen. Um, And this is one of the ways to do it. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Nath and Luke. Hello. Thanks for having us. Uh, Super excited to have you today. Uh, You reached out to us and um, you heard about the show and you were like, oh, we got this. We got this Kickstarter going on. We got this new movie that we're trying to promote, Adam 2, which is really exciting. We took a look at it. Um, So I'm really glad to have you both on today to talk a little bit about that film, how it came to be. Uh, the ins and outs, and and a little bit about Kickstarter as a whole and your experience with that, because it's been around for a while, Kickstarter, but I feel like it's still, you know, something that a lot of creators, screenwriters don't really utilize to see their projects through. I mean, there's a bunch on there, but I still think it's a definitely an open arena and it's an unexplored avenue that a lot of uh, screenwriters can take. So I'm excited to hear about it myself because I'm not too, too familiar with the Kickstarter world. But 
getting back to the beginning, tell us a little bit about your your mission with your production company, Lil Baker Films. How how did the company come to be? What's your criteria for picking projects or creating projects? Start at the beginning with with the company. Well, I guess halfway through COVID, I think I probably lasted a good seven months before I had cabin fever. And then I binge watched about 60 horror movies that October, which kind of reignited my love for horror. Wow, 60. That That is a true horror binge of a month. I mean, I, I think my cap for, I love October, but I think my cap was like maybe 20 horror films, but 60, <laughs> is, imp- 60 is impressive, dude. You know, well, I draw during the day, so that helps a lot. I can watch two a day easily. Awesome. There's probably somebody out here listening that watches like 200 a month. Though. Just like, wow. <laughs> I know. It's like some dweeb, only 60. But now every year I try to beat my record, so I'm probably a good 30 in now. I need to catch up. I know that's that's a little less than two a day. So yeah, you need to bump that up a bit. <laughs> I'm definitely just, slacking. I mean... I'm definitely slacking. So you guys have me all beat. Yeah, I took a long break from horror and then I got back into it. And then I decided to write my own for no reason. I'm a cartoonist during the day and I was just getting bored drawing all day during COVID. So something different. And then I knew Luke from a mutual friend. I knew he wrote. So I just asked him if he wants to team up and make shoots and stuff. I, I come from a post background myself, so it was very much the same the same story of just staring at a computer screen all day, just wanting to do something different. And I get a lot of people who come up to me and say like, hey, we should make something. And that's the the, the bane of most filmmakers is you say that. And then like a week later, you never, you never actually do anything. But Nate has follow through. He sent me a one page and then I gave him more thoughts. And by the end of the week, I think we had a script and then we were off shooting Vody, which was Nate's baby, if you want to talk about it a little more. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly just to get my feet wet because I mean, I went to film school, but I went for animation and motion graphics. So it was a nice dive in because I knew nothing. I still don't know anything, but it's a lot cheaper than going to school, at least because I we financed it ourselves. We've been financing all these projects ourselves, which has That's been great. a lot of uh, a huge lesson on how that works, too. So you've, you've really for, for everything you've done, you've seen it through completely you've you've partnered up you've you've written yeah. them you've just done it all yourself very diy yeah um pretty much and then i'll just reach out to anyone for sponsorships anything i can get for free or cheap Incredible. which i can save a good 25 percent doing that which has been a nice lesson too on the producing side of it there's definitely a lot of stuff you learn a lot of stuff you learn that can can take money away very fast in this business so there was a lot of a lot of hoops we had to jump through and a lot of oh, yeah. we had to call in and that's where we kind of have started to pivot to kickstarter in a way where we just think it's it's a better idea to maybe just come up front and say hey can we have some money instead of you know, bounce around and ask around about it. Yeah, it 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 sure is. I mean, it's it's definitely a good route to take instead of you know having to like complete something and then be at someone else's mercy. We've had some creators on the show who've just been jacks of all trades, and and I think um it's definitely like the only way to guarantee that what you're going to create and what you write is going to become something that's not only the intention of what you originally wanted it to be and stays true to yourself and you get your own director's cut, but it also gets it made where, you know, you could be sitting around for forever waiting on a producer to like pick something up and get it made. So uh, more power to both of you. Uh, So when you write, do you just like sit in a room together? Do you do the thing over, you know, the phone? Like, how do you, how do you collaborate with one another when you first start a project? Um, I don't know if you want to say anything, Luke, but we kind of write separately and then just pass it back and forth. Yeah, it's something of a hot potato process because Nathan and I have very different 
workflow schedules where I, not to speak for Nate, but he's, um, he'll do something and then like over redo it and then redo it again and redo it again and just keep chipping it away until you see the, the, the statue under the marble. And I'm just the exact opposite where I need to like sit in a dark room and, and think about the exact perfect thing. So we're kind of like this perfect mesh where, where Nate can chip at something and then I can see it and then jump in and like include my own things that I've been thinking about the whole way through. It's like him running the whole marathon and me grabbing the baton at the end and taking all the credit. <laughs> I just, I can't sit still. So I do like 10 projects a day. And the the latest project that you're doing, of course, Adam 2, which is the one that is on the Kickstarter and will have a link to the Kickstarter uh, yeah. campaign in the description, of course. Was that how that writing process took place? The, the, that hot potato style that you guys kind of mastered in previous projects? No, Luke already had that written before we met up. Yeah, ah. So I wrote one and then he had two and then we took turns. So we filmed my script first <laughs> so Luke could see me fail and see how the process works. And then now we're doing his. Based on the page, the project looked like it has a really like stellar AI sci-fi horror premise. So tell everyone, what is Adam 2 about? What, what about the journey too from that creative concept, Nate, that you had from to the execution? It kind of came about in a way... It had been sitting in my head for years and I was just trying to crack it as a feature and I just, I couldn't get it there just because I thought the character was such a sad sack. I didn't think anybody would want to spend time with him for 90 minutes. And then it kind of hit me that it was sort of like its own Tales from the Crypt style episode. You could do it in a 30 minute chunk and really get all the meat of it out. And so I, I sat down during quarantine, which is kind of ironic because it feels like a quarantine movie, even though it was in there before any of this ever started. But it's more of, um, to put it bluntly, to put it simply, it was uh, it's a story about a guy who's been fired, sitting around in his basement, who's an exceptionally genius, who decides to come up with an artificial intelligence that he thinks will get him back on top. And his wife, who's still supporting both of them, his task to build that machine a body and slowly realizes this, this artificial intelligence might have more thoughts in mind than, than just being a pet project. Love and then we get to skin him alive in the bathtub and the robot takes over. Yeah, all that fun stuff. I, I love the concept. I think it's really cool. Process-wise with it, like where did you go from there? Process was mostly just making other films and kind of, you know how they say that when Pixar makes a short, you can tell that they're testing out a specific kind of, of technology for something else. Like if it's sand-based, they're figuring out how to do sand for another feature. Like the shorts that we made, the the few that we made, the Vody. Uh, Billy Hoople, Frank Cooper, they all had an element of figuring out the practical elements of getting to Adam 2 in a way where we we had the script down really strong and we sort of just hired a lot of makeup people and a lot of practical people, a lot of visual effects people and just really kicked the tires of how much we can we can ask of them and what they can do for us and other way around as well. And it came to a point where I think we had a pretty solid team where we were pretty ready and now it's just a matter of getting it so we can pay those people because they're exceptionally talented and we do not want to pay an exposure. During the writing process and editing process, was the budget something you had to keep in mind or did you just kind of let the idea flow and think, okay, we'll find that, we'll figure that out later? Yeah, I have the mindset of write what you want, shoot what you can and edit what you have. And so when I wrote Bodhi, I was like, maybe 15K, I'll just pay it on my own. I don't feel like going through producers, investors. And it ended up being a good 30 to 40K, not because I was naive. I didn't know what the project would cost. But yeah, I did a lot of freelance work on the side and tried to catch up. So it worked out, but 
it was way more than I thought it was going to be. So for the Kickstarter, though, like I'm looking at the page now. So you are looking to raise uh, 20K, right? That's like the the goal. But the other gap that needs to be funded, is that through like a um, mixture of your own capital and then friends or, you know, you have like a doctor friend or something like it gives you money? We're expecting another 20K, but we'll probably pay it on our own. Yeah, gotcha. we will. We're asking for some funds. We're not hoping to ask everyone else for all the stuff we need. We do have a certain amount of capital. We're, we're willing to put our own money in just to for a, a, a security sense of like we're not just expecting everyone else to to help us out it's um and we thought 40k would be too hard for a kickstarter especially yeah. our first one we want to we want to temper expectations of what people are, are, are willing to help out with which hopefully is the right thing to do the cool thing about like w writing this script and then knowing you're going to kind of go the kickstarter route and knowing you're going to like just go all in and making it is you can control right while you're writing this the screenplay what that budget is going to be so when you're writing do you obviously in your head think about look this is going to be too too high budget for what we can afford when we're making this thing um you kind of have that budget in mind as you're writing the screenplay oh absolutely i think adam to a big chunk of its creation was just an idea of think like what's something you could actually create yourself without a lot of help and so adam two pretty much started as like a very high concept idea that only requires one house, three rooms, two actors, plus a, a robot, which will be created through a combination of acting and makeup and, and VFX, but will be played by the same actor who is playing Adam, hence the title Adam too. So it was very much like keeping it condensed in a way that is still interesting, like the story still crackles, it's more about the performances and and inserting an, a sci-fi element to a very grounded story, but also keeping it in a way that doesn't expand itself so much that it ends up running out of railroad tracks. Since you do it this way, right, you you write it yourself and then follow it through and do the Kickstarter for this one, at least your first one, given this experience thus far and having this control, do you see that this is the sole way you're going to be writing with the intent to create yourself? Or do you think in the future, knowing this process and what you've gone through, that you would instead want to go the route of writing whatever you want at whatever concept, whatever budget you want, and then trying the producer route? Or is this just the the kind of initial thing where it's you're creating something, you hope it gets a lot of exposure, and then at that point you're a name and it's like, well, you know, Ari Gold will call me up and rep me and then we'll we'll go have drinks and, you know, make whatever movie he wants me to make. What's what's your like end kind of thinking with your screenwriting careers from from here? I mean all of those routes sound good. I I like the chipping away. So we're, I'm just, a mine at least, I just make stuff that I, I know I can make. I haven't wrote like a feature or anything that uh, I'm going to try to sell. So I try to keep it what I can make personally. And then hopefully people come across your work that way. I think interest level is definitely the, the thing to do. I Like I said, my ideas are kind of wild in the bigger form, but I think keeping that that little sandbox that we've created going is is definitely like we've met so many talented and interesting people where we're kind of building our own network out of our own, where like if somebody wants to come along who's big and wants to give us one of the six Star Wars they're making every year, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll chip in. But it's, um, it's been a blast doing what we're doing right now. And I think, I think if we just get to continue that, that would also be ideal. I could, I could go to bed at night feeling pretty good about myself that we're making these very strange things for an audience that likes them. I'd also be happy if someone was like, I have 5k, you'll make a, one minute of uh, short film for us. So rumor has it your earlier short car <laughs> endeavor Vody came with hurdles and sort of teachable moments that you applied to Adam too. What, what were those exactly 
And what did you learn from the experience of, of going through those those hurdles? Um, well, I went in at least, I don't know about knowing nothing. So we shot 30 pages in three days, which was a marathon in Ooh. itself. Yeah, that was fun. Wow. Um, we had wow. two locations. One location had three locations within it as a soundstage. So I learned to keep it under seven pages a day at most. So we're going to do that in Adam too. So we're going to do a five-day shoot, I think, at least four days with five to seven pages a day. And then bare minimum $1,000 a page for budget to keep in mind on our end, at least, on how we work is what I've learned. There's also an element very much of like when you get people together for this, like it's very fun and you can lose track of time very quickly. There's a, there's a shot in Vodi that looks very good in an attic where we spent a good chunk of the day on it just because it was looking so cool and only a few people could fit into that attic so it was just like three people shooting it for hours at a time and then they, they come out and it's nighttime you're like oh we lost the light because we were having too much fun like it's very much a you have to recognize well, i wasn't there but i mean it was fun but the whole time we're worrying about one shot i think i lost a lot of weight on that shoot too <laughs> it was a bit of a sweat box in there <laughs> but we had we we had a good time with it and it's very much like Camera people especially are very, they're really excited about horror because they get to do some really weird stuff. And you have to, you have to be the guy who lets them flourish and have a good time, but also say like, hey, there is a, a giant flaming ball of energy in the sky that will sometime leave in the next few hours that we need to see the things on the screen. So I think COVID helped a lot too, because people just want to get out and make stuff, especially us. Yeah, we were very, we were very COVID conscious, but we were, we had started production on Vodi right about when, when vaccinations were coming out. So I think a lot of folks were just ready to jump on the first thing now that people could work again, which was actually, it was a very fun set because of that, because everybody seemed to be like their stir craziness was coming out and we were just happy to be doing a weird movie about a cartoon frog. And especially Adam, the less pages and time we have to shoot will help a lot because then we can have more takes and play around with the actors a lot. It felt like we were just kind of going shot the shot, act to act, marathon style. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing is you can actually do rewrites yourself. You really, if when you're owning this to this extent, I mean, this is like the epitome of owning the project. I mean, you guys yeah. are like really, really owning this thing. You can actually just do those rewrites on the fly. Like you have complete control to, you know, tweak those those pages as you as you go. And I, I would imagine that would speed things up. You're like, say this this way, say this this way. I mean, you know exactly your end vision from start, very start to finish, from conception yeah. to distribution. So that's exciting too. We should have had a good day extra just to shoot kind of scary stuff stuff because that was kind of the first thing to go because we needed the story stuff and then we had less jump scares at the end of the day that's that's definitely the benefit of of nathan and i both having our shared experiences nathan being a cartoonist and me being in post like we could write on the set but especially when we had it in the can like nathan and i came up with uh, an idea where it was essentially like why don't we do some cartoon interstitials because we don't really need anybody but us to do that. So Vodi had always meant to be a hybrid cartoon live action thing, but became much more cartoon animated in the post process just to get more of an element to it that we were we were missing because of how quickly it, it all came together. Now that you're given all that free reign to do, you know, what you want to do with your and, and have that final cut, right? Like, is it going to be hard for when you, you know, you guys get the RE gold and you, you're making like, you know, $30 million pictures and, you know, you have to like answer to other people like is that I would imagine if I'm if I have such final cut and such leeway yeah. up front, it's going to be hard to like actually sell out. You know, it's just like it's so much harder. Yeah, I mean, I've read bios 
picks and stuff, but like David Lynch or the guy who made Phantasm saying that they prefer to be smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we'll never know until that happens on how we'll react, but I imagine we'll miss it when it's this small. We'll have you back <laughs> on once you're doing $30 million pictures and we'll say, hey, what is it like now? Uh, well, I think David Lynch always regretted doing Dune, and I think that's what kind of was his turning point a little bit, too. Time will tell. Yeah, I think we're just having fun. It's nice because I've been in the animation industry for 10 years. And so I'm like too used to union nine to five. This is how it's done. So it's nice to just get out and have no plan. Like we do a, a few smaller shorts where we don't even board it or script it. We just go out and shoot what we can and then make it in the edit room. That's awesome. But that's 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 fun too. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just about telling the story. So come up with one goofy idea and somehow you've you've got six minutes and you can actually show people to it. Well, and even with goofy ideas, I mean, you still get you're still in the horror genre, and it came from there. I have my question because it sounds like you guys had so much fun you know doing Vody and now Adam yeah. 2's coming up and it has that horror element um is that a genre you see yourself continuing in as long as you know you're the ones paying yourselves for this or are do you want to branch out into other genres I mean it's definitely our preference I like horror the most but I like it when it's not straight horror like um if there's more if there's like a drama with horror elements or a comedy with horror elements is more my speed yeah I'd say the same thing I think what draws me to an idea especially is is taking something from a different genre like drama or romance or western and just like doing a little thought exercise of like okay it's 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 double indemnity but there's a vampire in it like just throwing in one wacky element that just completely changes a pretty well-trod idea and then just going from there we're like i just watched midnight mass which i thought had a lot of brilliance to it just in the simplicity of the idea of just a church with i won't spoil i guess but with a supernatural (laughs) element to it and it's that's that's sort of the fun i think there's a lot of people doing that now where genre can kind of bleed into areas that were originally considered more higher forms of art while this is the lower section like horror can just be one element to a story it's more about characters and people and emotions i think that really draw us to an idea i just got back from new york where we shot a indie little dance film which is just drama and indies like dancing so that's not even horror related at all. So that's fun. You can find the elements to make it horror, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you can go somewhere and get a vampire in this dance movie. It's very possible. Or maybe not live in your own purposes, internal horror, I guess. I mean, Jason Blum is doing that with everything. I mean, it's like, it's Freaky Friday, but with a serial killer and they switch exactly. places. You know, oh, yeah, I still need to see I mean, that. It's Groundhog Day, but it's, you know, it's actually she was murdered and she wakes up <laughs> trying to find her killer. It's like... <laughs> the sort of the same there's just so much out there i think we're we're in this very reflexive period of like being somewhat distanced from the 20th century now and now everything's being re-examined and sort of you're mixing elements that you didn't think mixed before and we're making reese's peanut butter cups in ways we never thought were possible out of our fiction did that make any sense or have i gone way off i just started thinking about like Uh, the trees and the eggs and the pumpkins (laughs) and everything like all the different reese's yeah (laughs) it sent me it sent my mind in such a in such a place that i just had to observe a moment of silence but yes it's not too far out that's what happens in my mind anytime anyone brings up reese's so i love reese's (laughs) we can get off on a tangent right now i know um but also, I mean, in that same vein, you guys have primar- primarily done shorts. Um, yeah. Is the idea to, with the right idea, take it to features? Do you see the benefits of one over another? I eventually want to give it a shot. I like to do everything at least once. Um, but I mean, that it also takes away more money. Definitely features are, I've, I've, I've dabbled with a few features myself. And the more time you have, it seems like you have to get it exactly right because people are investing more time in you. And honestly, one of my biggest 
quarantine watches was was going back to tales from the crypt and and finding that like these quick 30 minute bites where you have only this amount of time to tell your story it it, it makes things almost stronger it's like a concentrated dose of, of of crazy horror where you have only so much time to win people over and it's it's there's something too like being less committed like oh it's only 30 minutes oh it's only five minutes but it better be good like features have sort of a a, a sheen to them that that you're sort of expected to see a movie but if it's 30 minutes it could be anything and and still be something that people consider good but it doesn't have to be good it's also fun to make stuff it's bad on purpose to be like <laughs> is it good like avant-garde experimental the thing we're asking money for is good on purpose we promise yeah this one is good on purpose <laughs> oh good that's what I like to hear. Although there's probably some like experimental nuts out there that like watch Brackage and just you okay. know go love like moths on film cells just projected. So. I mean, I love that stuff, but it's hard to too. sell. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I do too. You could sell me on a Kickstarter on like a modern day Brackage film, and I wouldn't. I would be like the ten thousand dollar producer donor. So I want to do a talk show without a host and just make the guests come out and not realize there's no crowd or host. <laughs> Oh, I would donate to that Kickstarter. <laughs> I, would do, I would actually, I would actually donate to be a host. I would like to be one of the hosts. <laughs> Tell us about. I was also looking in my research on um, on your site for uh, Little Baker Films. You guys do a fest too. Right? I mean, you guys do it all. Let's just, let's just. I mean, you probably there's probably a page where like you could sit. You're selling like produce and you know stuff like that. But like you, you guys do it all. You have a little spooky fest which yeah. is a festival you host in LA, right? We just did one um, for, it was, pri- it was all, only our screening for Casker and friends and family. Mm-hmm. And so instead of like keeping that beast going with just our stuff, we thought we'd open, try to open it up next year to everyone's stuff. Very smart. I mean, I'll, I'll be there. I was just curious too, looking at the film freeway page. I was like, well, this looks like a fest I want to be in. And then I looked at the, I clicked on the screenplay button. I'm like, well, it has to be 90 pages or less. I'm like, this is a challenge. Like my screenplays are usually, they're getting lower in page count as I progress. Uh, My first one was 120. My second one was 110. The next one is, uh, I believe it's like around 102, but 90 is tough for, for we we raised it to 120 because we had people. Okay, good, 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 good. (laughs) That's that's what I like to hear because like now I can now I can enter. <laughs> good good good. Ninety was Patrick tough. Just I just wanted to know for himself. <laughs> I actually I really did. I mean that's where I was kind of getting at. Yeah, ninety is is very very lean. Um, I, although it makes for a very succinct screenplay and that's it's a good like kind of exercise to try to get it to a, a clean you know minute thir- uh, hour thirty. Um, it's still tough, you know, and it, it definitely would. Yeah, we just didn't want to kill ourselves on the first year reading and watching all these 120 minutes. Oh yeah, the little spooky fest was really fun. It kind of started out in our minds to be because we started shooting when things were just starting to open up. There was an element where we wanted to have like rap parties with all the people we were shooting with, but it was also like you could tell people were still a little nervous to be around others again. So this was sort of like a let's put a date far into the future where we can all get together and celebrate all the stuff we've made together. And then it kind of just turned into this amazing night where we had a blast. Everybody loved to see their names on the screen. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, it was at the Yard Theater, which is a great little place on Melrose. And people actually thought it was at a yard, like an actual yard. They're like, oh, this is COVID friendly. It's at the yard. Yeah, what do you get if you if you uh, you get best screenplay or something like is your lore? I can see your laurel as like I can see this icon of the woman with the 
the uh, butcher knife in the back, and then it's got the heads on a plate. That would be a cool Instead one. Instead of your normal trophy, I thought it would be cool to get wood carving trophies. Of oh, chef, yes. Which I've done before, so it wouldn't be too hard to get. And lighter to ship as well. Yeah. <laughs> Very oh, that's great. solid yeah. oak. That's gonna be. That's gonna have a heft. Oh, the oak, yeah. I, and I reimburse you like your submission fee because I always wish they did that because it's they cost a lot to sing at all these festivals. But I think yeah. it's great. I mean, I think the festival idea is awesome. I, it's exciting that's coming up. And plus, you probably won't have to deal with all of the virtual stuff that everybody had to deal with the last two years, um, which right. has been a strain on the fest, you know, world as a whole. Just trying to figure out how to conform to the virtual world which just drives up costs exponentially than rather than having it in person so yeah i mean i'm sure it sucks for them too it's always the worst when you submit get in and they're like we're switching over to uh virtual i'm like all right i'm not yeah. watching that but yeah a lot of people are like look we get it if you won this year you want to screen it i think austin after dark is doing that if you want it yeah it's virtual but if you want it to be in person we'll hold your film till, till yeah, next yeah, year that's and good. we'll do it which is the way to go. Um, Mickle Fair is awesome at, at Austin. Oh, yeah, he, I've talked to him a few times. It's good. Oh, man. He's he just just fantastic. He, he runs a tight ship. and, and it's, He's it's always on great. his game, it seems like, yeah. Wondering, when it comes to the winning screenplays and when you're reading them for the festival, do you ever read one and say, oh, like, this is a winner, I want to produce this myself, or are you a fan more, you want to write anything that you're producing? I personally uh, think I, I've got so many ideas. Like, if there's something yeah. that has my socks off, sure, I'd love to help promote it or produce it or, or, or in some way, you know, bring it to life. I'm very vocal about helping people. I respect make the thing that they want to make, but personally to put my hands completely on it as like a director or, or producer in the way that we've been making shorts. I don't, I think I've got too many things in my own brain to, to deal with, to, to worry too much about it. Yeah. Same. Um, but we don't mind helping people out if they need it. So like on the back burner and producing and helping and stuff like that. And so do you guys have like a code or something for our listeners, maybe something special you can share and, you know, we can also post it on, on social where, um, where they can get a little something, something off the, uh, submission fee for little spooky. Fest. Yeah. So for little spooky fest, it's uh film at little spooky fest. And you could do half off for L S F friends. So L S friend. Perfect. You're based out in L.A., but like, do you always do open calls for crew and stuff? How do you I'm sure there's a lot of um, of people who would just love to be involved with a horror film or just be involved in something creative like this. Anyway, what's your process in, in you know, getting a group together to bring your screenplays to life? Yeah, we, we primarily use backstage right now. And then we've cast a few through friends. I always put locals only, but it doesn't stop people. People still apply all all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Renee and Bodhi, what is in New York? So we flew her out for this. So like, if it's a good visit, like good, um, if we like them a lot, we'll include it. Um, same for Alicia, who played the talk show host in Bodhi. I wrote it as a guy and cast it as a guy, but then she applied, and I just liked her too much, so I changed it. And and like crew positions, do you usually just hire friends to to help film? Do you have like a tight knit group of people you trust, or do you usually just you're like, look, if you want to be a helping hands and you want to volunteer, like we'd love it's to both. have you help out. Um, it's a mix of both. Like the DP was close friends with Luke. Um, he brought on his own first AC. I knew the sound guy, and then he introduced me to the grip, and then he introduced me to the gaffer. 
we don't mind experimenting. So like if, as long as he's a friend of a friend, we can risk it. A certain level we, it's not like we have a lot of experience. So I want people to also get, gain experience too. Something we definitely learned making Vodi in three days is it, it requires like everybody to be on their game. So like, yeah, if you do hire someone that you might have a weird feeling about it can, it can completely tank your shooting day. So there has to be some level where you can tr like trust somebody, but also stay flexible and, and, and give people a chance. Cause everybody, I think everybody starts where they're just waiting for one person to take a risk on them, but yeah. some risk management as well. Our PA was new. He's out of school and we've used him a good four times already. And he's always down to learn and expand too. So as long as they're willing to expand and like movies. You know, the more people who can open up their their hearts and their creativity to others uh, without, you know, putting prerequisites yeah. on this and that, I, I think you, you could foster a, a very nice community of, of creatives and people who just want to be involved with a horror film or in any capacity. Um, inherently, the Kickstarter, looking at the page now, you have different tiers uh, of pledges, whatever they call them, pledges. Yeah. Um, looking at one here, uh, I happen to look at one twenty five hundred dollars or more. Cyborg two point oh, uh, you've you you get like an on screen AI face or name cameo, so you can actually like be a part of Adam two from anywhere you are if you can just open up your pocketbook. <laughs> but 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 seriously, in all seriousness, like I think you're also if you believe in the project and you think it's cool, you can open your pocketbook up and, and your wallet up and you can donate some and you can also be a part of this experience and get that as your reward along with these other cool gifts like t-shirts and, you know, portraits and stuff like that. So I think that's another exciting thing about Kickstarter is you can, you can actually become involved in a creative piece of something and find it on here or you can hear about it on this show. I'd love for you to like talk about uh, Adam 2 and because when this airs, which will be a few days before Halloween, the Kickstarter campaign will have three full days left to yep. pledge. So give us the hard sell for Adam 2 and uh, preach to, I'm, I'm giving you the sounding board right now to to talk to our entire audience um, to get them involved with Adam 2. It's something that's, I think a lot of people can relate to now of being sort of isolated in a way that makes you go a little crazy where you you kind of get stuck talking to yourself just in this in this movie someone is literally talking to themselves and it's driving them insane he's completely recreated himself in artificial form sort of the way we all kind of looked at our computers for far too long with nothing else to do and it's it's got that sort of old school creepy anthology 70s 80s kind of bizarre vibe to it while also feeling very modern it takes a lot from ex machina it takes a lot from hellraiser if you're into those sort of things the shining in its isolation it's it's something i think if you're a fan of horror or or science fiction or just a fan of watching things in short form which this world is slowly leaning towards it's it's just another thing for for you to see yourself and i think it's going to have a lot of interesting stuff to it i have a lot of close friends now in the makeup and, and vfx world who really want to make something special with the robot design, both skinned and unskinned. And we want to make something iconic in a, in a villain of Adam 2 that I hopefully can memify and create its own legacy through it. And I think becoming a part of that, whether having your name on screen or, or having your face on screen in a way that we've, we've adapted just through the AI technology, like it hopefully can be the ground floor of being a part of horror history, which is what I hope 
and think we all wish for. I would say it's a good um, marriage story meets Texas Chainsaw too. The Texas Chainsaw marriage. And it's going to be fun to watch Bill and Alicia act together. Bill has a natural um, poor comedic vibe, kind of like Jeffrey Combs a little bit. Yeah, he does have that vibe. That was a great sell, by the way. I'm looking at the $10,000 pledge because whenever I look at a Kickstarter, I just go down to the bottom and see like, what is the what what is the most I could possibly get here? A $10,000 pledge will get you, and this, and this will, at this point, right, you're probably about like halfway probably a little over halfway to your goal hopefully even right around the full goal let's just like let's just go all out and say by now with three days left you just got to get a little bit left in the the piggy bank so you know this would put you over the edge but um it's kind of cool you can actually get a credit as producer on your next four films so like this goes beyond adam too this is like you give us ten thousand dollars like we're in we're in bed with each other like we're in a relationship at this point and we have four beds too you know we have a lot of beds yeah (laughs) and a custom what is the custom mini film i see that as a bullet if you have an idea for a little film that's 30 seconds to a minute we'll make it yes now that is the cell right there that is a great sell. So that's not only like an extra bed to like collaborate with you guys down the road. That is the opportunity to create some to, to collaborate on something that you your idea. So I, I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's exciting. And ten thousand dollars is a is a small price to pay for for collaboration. It's your ticket. <laughs> so and we'll make VHS VHS tapes of all our films that we'll hand out too. Yes. Yes, I absolutely love it. Definitely check this Kickstarter out, Little Baker Films. Uh, we're going to put the link in the post so you guys can just click on that link, head on over there, watch this little video that they put together, learn a little bit more about the project, the log line, some some cool artwork. You got a really cool budget breakdown pie chart here, which is, uh, yeah, this is fantastic. You, you, you've thought this this out you've got the cast this is this is the real deal so we'll, we'll post that link and and everybody should have head over there and and pledge and get be a part of this awesome awesome uh, creative endeavor that you guys have going on here i sound like a jerry lewis telethon pledge now you have two days left <laughs> gotta get that thermometer right to the top katie's gonna ask you one last question i'm gonna let her top off our uh, question list and I'll have her ask this one be, that we ask everyone. Yes, the pinnacle question that everyone has to answer um, at the end is, and both get an opportunity to do this, what scares you? Well, Nath certainly scares me, but in, in general, <laughs> the infinity of time, the uh, <laughs> the idea that like this is just a moment in history and eventually it, it, it won't even be remembered by even you and it, it's uh am i getting too meta here that this is meta i mean it's meta but it it is something i think everybody thinks about like every once in a while i will think about this as well and you bring it up just really stresses me out. did i go too far let me let me make it's it a scary. little scary no nicer. it is scary like, you've, you've managed to scare me so indifference <laughs> of nature let's put it that way yeah. just, i was just gonna say dying from something stupid like a black widow spider. Uh, uh, don't don't get me started with spiders i the latest creep show, uh, or one of the recent creep show, I don't know if you guys watched that, the anthology series on Shudder, but like there was a spider in one of the episodes, like a big spider he kept as a pet, like in the thing. I, I could not, I can watch any gory, scary thing you throw my way, and uh, I'm a horror nut, but when you in- infuse spiders into anything, forget it. I didn't even, wa- I watched the first two minutes, and I'm like, nope, that's, it turns it off. Did you the know? spider and the guy like, they had a relationship going? Or they they, they, they did, like... <laughs> 
they did like the spider was relationship a... it's not scary I think. yeah yeah I, it, well i was thinking that's where it was gonna go and i was like even if this is a relationship i don't want to be in bed right now and just imagine spiders crawling because that, that's where my head will go like even though the spider was in the wall and it seemed like they were going to form this buddy friendship where like the spider attacks all the people he doesn't like i still wasn't having it so no no spiders that scares me this whole existential dread thing scares me you guys have ended this off on a super scary note and i'm i'm gonna have nightmares so well, that's good i'm glad that we congratulations that's that's what we aim aim for just closing out here how can everybody find the both of you on social do you guys have handles do you like being reached out to do you find it a bother would you rather not announce your social handles um, um i know you're active online like where's the best place for people to reach out to you guys to say hey and you know, I want to maybe get involved or, you know, I have a question about something or I love your interview, whatever. You can reach us at littlebakerfilms.com and our uh, social media handle is at littlebakerfilms across the board. And then on our Instagram, Luke's and my personal Instagrams are tagged, but it's up to you. I mean, we're down to talk to anyone if you reach out to them. Here. We have awesome. we have individual Twitters and Instagrams, but, you know, they're not as fun as the, all the horror stuff we're doing. So feel free to just watch our mania and cat pictures. Perfect. I love, I mean, who doesn't like cat pictures and cat videos? I mean, they, they, that's what makes the internet go round. So mm -hmm. more power to you. Great having you on the show today. Again, we'll post that link in uh, our on our Twitter feed, wherever we can post it about your Kickstarter campaign. We really hope you, you know, get the money you need to, to fund your campaign. Now, what if you don't, what if you don't, I mean, I hate to be like, like mr dread here but like what if you don't get there does that does you start again or do you does it just all we'll make it either work? way just we'll pay for it out of our pocket so. okay good good so 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 knowing that you know get to that get to that goal um you know whatever happens you're you're gonna make this happen so whoever whoever gets involved as as little or as much as they want to get involved yeah this thing is going to happen no matter what so yeah. if we don't get there through uh, Kickstarter, it might slow us down, but we'll pick yeah. up some extra shifts and we'll we'll make it happen the way we made what five or six other shorts already happen. Yeah, that's a great part of the pitch uh, is that even even if it doesn't make it, you're still going to get what was promised. Thanks for helping us out. And, you know, we'll see the movie soon. Right. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. And I heard a cat over there. Are you playing? Is someone playing cat videos? Was sorry, that was that was, or, that was or, my fault. Oh, I was like, I was like, we were just talking about cat videos, and we've taken Luke also has a level. Cat. My cat is literally sitting on my lap right now, just passed. Yeah, oh. I've, I've, yeah, creature has been pretty quiet, but he just uh, decided to bark up a bit there. <laughs> All right, y'all. Cat cats need to be fed, so we're gonna we're gonna cut this one. Uh, nice talking to you both again, and what um, were you know you got more films coming up, you got more screenplays you're churning out, so I'm sure we'll see you both again on another sure. episode of Screen Murders Podcast. But thanks for coming out, uh, Luke and Nathan. Thanks for yeah, thank me. you so much. Katie, I loved having Nathan and Luke on the show. Uh, it was the best way possible to kick off season one, talking to you about what you're up to, introducing you, getting them on the line here, talking a little bit about a fabulous new Kickstarter campaign. I couldn't be more excited, and it's a great setup for getting into this, this season. We're starting off on a high note, so if we start off here, it's only up, and you can imagine how high we're gonna get here because like it's just it's just a spectacular second season and you know you're on for the long for the ride as long as i can have you so um yeah i mean so happy to be here what a, a great conversation uh had so much fun so i'm looking forward to many more absolutely absolutely
tutorial usually does this, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how you can get in touch with us until the next episode. And if you even want to be on the show, um, we'll tell you how to do that. So if you do want to reach out to us, definitely follow us at Screamwriters Podcast on Instagram, at Screamwriters PC on Twitter. Reach out to us if you want to, uh, screamwriterspodcast.com. Hit us up. Our email's on there. You can check us out. If you want to be on the show, just shoot us a DM. Our DMs are open on Twitter. And um, yeah, please also subscribe to us. Subscribing will you know, give you that little notification on your podcast when we have a new episode pop up, even though you know we're every Friday morning. I think we like upload at 6 a.m. Uh, ET, something like that. Just hit the subscribe. Also, you know, rate us with those five stars, you know, on Apple Podcasts. Do you know about those five stars, Katie? Do you use Apple Podcasts or do you use I do. Amazon? I do what, use what Apple do Podcasts. Use? Yeah. Yeah. And I do. I look at the stars and if, if it does not have enough stars, then I'm not listening to it. Yeah. So hit five stars because hit five stars, not only hit five stars, but review us as well on um on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to your podcast. If there's reviews on, you know, Spotify or wherever the heck they are, review us and make sure if you love us, which I hope you do, you tell us. Again, thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep writing. And stay scared.